Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview. My name is Alex Baird. I'm the lead pastor. And like Joel just mentioned, we're covering a series called Triggered, which like this Roland just uh, kind of gives you a picture of, like we face various emotions which cause us to have reactions. Uh, you can see it in the people's faces, uh, but sometimes there's things that are just happening on the inside of us that we don't know quite what to do with. And so this series is about how do we take emotions, which are actually part of a gift from God. They add a layer of depth and a different slice of, of life that we can experience. But how do we take our emotions in a way that actually uh, is helpful? And so if you've missed any of this series, I want to just give you a, a quick uh, review, a recap of where we've been. We've spent two weeks talking about uh, an overview of emotions. In week one, uh, we looked at this. The key to not being triggered by our emotions is to evaluate them. And the idea is, um, although emotions are a gift from God, uh, they're not something that we should just wholly reject. They are something that we should evaluate. And just because you have an emotion, just like our thoughts, just like our thoughts, we don't just want to take those um, without thinking, without filtering. And it's the same with what we feel. If you feel something, it's real. But you still have to evaluate what you do based on that feeling. And so that's what we looked at the, the first week. Uh, last week, we got into specific emotions, uh, the emotion of, of anger. And uh, we looked at dealing with anger early allows us to shift uh, from hurting others to helping others. And so as we evaluate, we looked at kind of the spectrum, at our annoyances, at our frustrations. At the moment that we begin to feel those, we can take a step back and just like in the first week, we can evaluate, well, why, why am I annoyed? Why am I frustrated? What is it that's going on inside of me that's preventing me from looking to help this person that I'm interacting with? Most of the time, anger shows up in relationships. Uh, it can be in interpersonal relationships. You could be angry with people at church, in your family, in your neighborhood, and you could be angry with God. There's just things that are going on that, that are causing these things to happen. And so this week, we're getting into another specific emotion, and the emotion is fear. And fear is probably one of the strongest emotions that we can experience in this life. And from just my experience in ministry, from my own experience in my own life, uh, fear is something that, that I can see everywhere. As I'm dealing with people in counseling, as I'm dealing with, with people with their, their problems, as I'm dealing with just things that I'm seeing in the culture, and then as I wake up and I take a breath and I deal with myself, most of the time there, there's fears that, that are going on. And I want to just share a, a couple of ways that fear has impacted me, and then we'll talk about you. So I'll start with myself. Uh, one of the major ways that fears has impacted me in my life is the fear of the unknown. Anyone struggle with that? It's not necessarily specific. It's very general, but you just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, for me in ministry, I've had many fears just related to church life and what's going to happen with the future. Uh, starting a church is not usually conducive if you have a fear of the unknown because you have no idea what's going to happen. And so over the years, I've had to really grow in my trust, my confidence of God, but there's this fear of the unknown that creeps up. It happens in ministry. It's related to, to work. It's related to my own value, just what, what's going to happen. It's related to my own family life, the fear of the unknown with my, with my kids. What's the future going to look like for them? What are they going to face? How are they going to turn out? What are the decisions they're going to make? All, all of these things that you have no idea. And so for me, uh, there's usually not a week that goes by that I don't have to, again, evaluate this fear that creeps into my mind. And most of the time, it's just related to something I have no idea how it's going to turn out. Most of the time, it's, it's future-related. But that fear is, is real. It can cause uh, sleepless nights. Anyone ever just woken up and you begin to think about something and fear creeps in and it's hard for you to get back to sleep? Uh, I've experienced that. I'm sure you have as well. 
And so it's amazing that even something that's unknown, that we can have an emotion connected to it that's not even real yet, it can impact our life. And that is what emotions do. Even if it's something that you're not necessarily facing with, even just the unknown of things can impact us. So that's one of the fears that I've faced in my life. Another fear is a little bit different of a type, but it still is very strong, and it's the fear of man. This is caring what people think. Anyone ever struggled with that? You wonder what people think about you. You wonder if you do a decision, what people are gonna react, and most people struggle with that. There's a sense of we live our life, and we wanna live it with us and God. If you have faith in him, you wanna do what he says, but there's always this creeping of like, what do people think of me? What's my value? And that fear of man, what scripture says, it can become a snare, but we can all, you know, spend so much time spinning our wheels, and I have in my life just wondering what people think, what they feel, do I measure up, am I doing what I should? And you base like your well-being or you base your, your, I guess, orientation of your life and how you're living it based on what others think. And that can be very dangerous because then people have a tremendous amount of power because they can tell you, in a way, what you should do. And wise counsel is very important in life, but there's also a way that we can be swayed by what people think, by wanting to measure up to others instead of what God thinks. Now, these two fears, the fears of the unknown, the fear of man, this has been something that I've had to really hand over over the years to the Lord. And I've seen victory and I've seen help, but it's amazing, especially in this area of fear, how much you can get, you know, make progress, but you, you can still struggle. And you, you see up here on, the, on the, the screen that fear is the evade emotion. Out of all the emotions, this is the fear that causes us to evade. And so I, I wanted to find that. Evade is this, to avoid or escape from someone or something, to avoid something unpleasant or unwanted, or to manage not to do. Now that's an interesting, to manage not to do something. So you're, you're managing just not doing something because you're, you're trying to, to kind of run away from it. Um, evading means we're drawn to four different things usually. We, we tend to flee. Probably learned that from, a, from an early age. It's that like flight or fight, correct? That's the next one is we tend to fight. So what's interesting about fear is it doesn't just mean that you always cower, in fact, because fear is strong, such a strong emotion, it can actually cause you to, out of fear, uh, fight things, challenge people, um, want to control, and that can come out in the fighting, that can come out in the, the fleeing as well. Uh, you can tend to freeze. Fear has a way of paralyzing us. Uh, we, don't know, we don't know how to move forward because all we're seeing is just these, these, these fears just well up. And then what's interesting is we can also tend to focus on fear, which is that becomes bigger than it actually is. The more we focus on it, the, the more it's magnified, the more it's magnified, the more we see it. The more we see it, now we're making decisions, we have priorities, and what you find is behind the root of some of our decision-making is our focus of fear. And if you ever focus on fear and that becomes a filter for your decisions, most of the time your decisions are not good because fearful decisions come from a place where, again, we're trying to escape. If you're making decisions to try to escape something, it's usually not a wise decision because you, you tend to be running. You tend to not to be trusting in God. So I talked a little bit about myself, just the unknown, the, the, the fear of man. And I thought, you know, in this room, just sitting right here, probably every single one of us have a fear that we're facing. Uh, if you're older, you probably have a fear of health. Uh, what's the future gonna look like? Things begin to break down. You, you fear of having a value in, in your family and in the church and the world. It's like, as you get older, you begin to question these things. Where do I fit? And that can be a, a, a big fear that you struggle with. Uh, if you're single, uh, you have a fear of, of maybe, will I ever be married? If you have struggled 
with that, oftentimes there, there's just a fear of like this, am I going to be alone? Uh, if you have kids and you're, you're a parent, uh, you tend to fear just your kids' choices, uh, the consequences of their choices. Um, if you're a parent, you also begin, as your kids get older, you begin to be fearful of your own parents. What does it mean as they age? Uh, if you're younger, um, you usually have a fear of like, will I be accepted? Um, not measuring up. I have all these things that I need to do to perform, it seems like. This is what my parents are telling me. This is what the world is telling me. Uh, am I going to do what I need to do? And there's a fear there. Uh, if you're a man, uh, do I have what it takes to provide and protect my family? A lot of fear can drive that. Uh, for women, will I be taken care of, uh, loved? When I need it, am I going to get the support that I need? And so any of those resonate with you? I think for all of us, uh, there's something about fear that, that it gets our attention. There's something about fear that, that just can tend to pull us back. It can tend us to, to withdraw. And what's very interesting is fear is also one of the, the prime tools that the enemy, Satan, uses against us. In fact, fear is probably one of the key emotions that manipulators use in this world. Uh, fear gets our attention. We can be fear-driven, uh, and then as people get fearful that we relate to, then we can become fearful because other people are fearful. Um, if you watch news, if you're in tune to like media and news, you are a more fearful person. Studies have been done again and again and again. The more that you see in the world and the news that's fed to you, the more fearful you are. Why? Because news networks and the media know that fear gets your attention. You don't see many headlines like, going to be a great Monday. You going to read that? No. But world will end tomorrow. What on earth? I better check that out. Fear has a way of getting our attention. For me, that was a lot of what COVID was during that year, just the 2020 and 2021 and 2022. Uh, there was so much unknown and the fear of just what is happening in our world. And then you begin to see that people get fearful in this area and you begin to research. You're like, oh man, I should be fearful too. And then the fear grows. And then fear get in this area and, and, the, and then it just continues. And this can be related to health. This can be related to the future. Uh, politics, as we enter a presidential season of choosing the next president. Like, do you think fear is going to be selling? Oh, yeah. That's prime on the market. It always is. And what happens is it, it pulls at us, and it begins to question, like, our confidence and our, and our trust. Uh, here's a, the elevation of fear. Just like I did in anger, it, fear has a lot of layers, and so I just want to highlight these. You'll see it up on the screen. Here's the elevation. Oh, actually, can you go back real quick? I need to set that up. And that was almost the whole clip. I just saw this, uh, this on Instagram, I think, this past week. And uh, it's, a, it's a dad that has his child strapped to his back, and he's pushing a stroller. But watch what happens. There's no sound. Now, I imagine he's calling his wife right now. I don't know where our son is. It's a, very, it's, it's a very quick clip. What was interesting is the audio of this clip is laughing, like just people laughing, and I'm like, that's not funny. Because if you've ever been there, it's, it's, it, it, it's fear, right? Like he has his kid on his back, but he forgot, and he looks in the stroller. The favorite part is he's checking his pockets. Like is the kid, <laughs> is the kid in, you know, and then imagine that call. Hey, hon, um, I don't know where the kid went. And then just, the relief of like, oh wait, 
right, right back here. But that's what fear is. It's like you, you, you see and it distorts your perception and, and all of a sudden your, your bearings are, are, are gone and uh, there's a reason for that and this is the elevation of fear that I, I wanted to share with you. Uh, usually fear starts, uh, if you could put it up there, with being uh, agitated. Uh, agitated at, like there's just unsettled. So anytime you're unsettled, just like when you're uh, annoyed and frustrated with anger, when you begin to get agitated, there's a little thing of like, it's unsettling. So think agitation, think unsettling. Then you get nervous. Nervous usually is the sign that you're entering a situation where you're not quite sure what's gonna happen. Uh, If you're new to church and you're new to Ridgeview, you actually feel this when you come to a church for the first time. Maybe not agitated, hopefully not but at least nervous. You're not quite sure. Anytime we enter a new situation, we have fear. That's not a bad thing because it's, it's, it is new. And so there are certain parts of fear that can help us to avoid harm, can help us to cope. They alert us that something is maybe unsettling, but you wanna pay attention to this agitation of the nervous because once the nervousness goes to anxiousness, that's really where the beginnings of fear hook into us. Did you hear that? Agitation. Nervousness, okay, there's something unsettled. But as soon as you're anxious, it's like, okay, I'm unsettled about this. I don't quite know what's gonna happen. And then I'm anxious. Once you're anxious, the fear has set in. That anxiousness leads to dread. Dread is the feeling of like, I, I don't really wanna face this. I don't wanna deal with this. I wish this wasn't on my plate. And that's why fear is the evade emotion because we evade things we dread. The dread leads to feeling uh, desperate, and most of the time, if you've ever been around a fearful person, and sometimes it's in the mirror, uh, your, your sense of timing is off. You become very, very hasty. We gotta deal with this right now. I need you to do this right now. I need this situation to be over right now. You're desperate. But if you're not fearful, you interact with this person, you're like, whoa, like, I, th- I think we can, let's take some time to talk about this. But when you're in fear, you, there, there isn't talking, there's not deliberation. It's, it's dread, and then it's desperate. And then desperation turns to panic. You ever been in panic mode? It's scary. That leads to horror, and horror leads to terror. Once you get to these these three, the dread, the desperate, and the panic, uh, most of the time, you're you're really in in a bad place with fear. That's why by the time you get there, you really need help. When you're in dread and desperate panic, you need to stop, and you need to pray, and you ask for God, and you need to get reach out to people like, I'm, I'm really in dread right now. I'm really struggling. You can't tend to deal with your fear in the last three. You need help. You need supernatural help from God and you need help from people that walk with God to really just pray with you, to listen, to kind of walk you off that desperate edge of the cliff that you find yourself in. And so I wanna encourage you, just like with anger, deal with fear early at the agitation, uh, at the nervous level when you're anxious. And you have to make that shift Okay, I'm starting to feel this unsettled. I'm starting to realize I don't have control. I'm starting to understand I don't quite know my bearings here. And there's something about us as humans, like when we don't have our bearings, when we're not in control, when we don't quite know how it's gonna work out, we have a a choice. And usually it's right here, it's very quick, from agitated, nervous, and anxious. And that is the shift. Do Do I shift from fear to faith? Or do I just go deeper into fear? And so I wanna encourage you, the way that you deal with fear from a scriptural perspective is always the shift from fear to faith. It's always faith. Just like the songs that we've, we've sang, there's the shift. It's, it's this, uh, God, God has my back. He sees me. He knows what's happening. He's never unsettled. 
And that's why you have to trust God over man, over anyone, because we're all unsettled. The world is unsettled. Sin has broken the world. It's all unsettled, but God is the only one who's not. And so when you shift from that fear that you feel, which is real, to faith, you are taking your unsettled reality to a settled, sturdy, and steadfast God. That is the best news for us. If you're a follower of Christ, this is the best news. Fear doesn't have to become your reality. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, you need Christ to shift your heart, your life, so you can make that shift. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've not yet nailed down your faith in Jesus and you struggle with fear, you really have to take an assessment of your life and say, of all the things that I've ever done to deal with my fear, has it worked? Because I believe that there's no way once and for all to deal with fear outside of a relationship with Jesus. Because he's the only way that we can actually connect to God because of what he's done. So the shift from fear to faith, you may have seen this, or, or faith over fear. You've seen t-shirts, it sells mugs, like it's, it's marketing, right? Fear of faith, you know, you got, okay, right? Great idea, makes sense, yes! Faith over fear, did I say fear over faith? <laughs> My marketing was terrible, don't buy that shirt. <laughs> don't buy that shirt. It's faith over fear, but we have to make that shift. But it's easy for us to say, all of us have heard it. We sing songs about it. It's like, it's a mantra in, in, in our world. But let's get into the specifics of what scripture says. So I wanna share three things. First, God is to be feared above all other persons, things, or events. I was reading this scripture in Psalm 76. And if you struggle with fear, um, the scriptures I mentioned today, I encourage you to spend some time this week. And that's kind of the theme of this series is, you need to arm yourself with truth of Scripture. Uh, scripture is, is defined as like the, the sword of the Spirit, like for how we have offensive weapon against lies and against negative emotions. Uh, the Word of God is really the only offense. It's the truth. And so I encourage you, you, you really want to spend some time. But I was reading this in Psalm 76, and you'll see it up on the, the screen. It says, but you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you? When once your anger is roused, from the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble of the earth. Now, this idea of, of feared is, is you don't actually become nervous or dread or in terror of God. So the idea of fear in Scripture isn't the same as terror. It's not like this uh, utmost a negative emotion that the, the positive side of fear is like you, you take God seriously. There is no one like him. So what he says, you rise his words above all other words, his messages above all other messages, his word against all other words. There's a sense of like what he says, uh, I can actually place my confidences above all else. And this scripture is just telling us that, that he is to be feared. And so in the Old Testament, fear, why this is important, was a matter of worship. Whatever you feared uh, the most became what you worshiped. And there was just an understanding. And it's actually true today. Whatever you fear is what you tend to worship. It's what you magnify. It's what you focus on. So even that, we don't realize it sometimes as we get into negative fear and the anxiety and the dread, it actually becomes something like of an idol that, that, that we worship. And to fear other things besides God meant that fear became an idol. But this scripture is saying you have to fear God. He is the, he is the creator 
He's bigger than any danger. And this is what that shift to faith over fear means. Uh, It means that I'm not gonna bow down to fear. I'm not gonna worship what I don't know. That might help. In my own life, if I can tend to think that like, I just can let these thoughts come in and there's no impact, then I tend to just think them. But if I realize like, wow, these thoughts are actually causing me to worship it, to worship this thing, to magnify it, then, then I have to take pause like, wait, I don't, I don't wanna create an idol here. I don't wanna worship something that's not true. And so you have to make a stand when that unsettled, nervousness, anxious thoughts come. God, I want to fear you above my fear right now. And you just have to make a stand. You have to make a proclamation. When that emotion hits you, I don't want this fear to be magnified. I don't want to focus on this above you and who you are. Uh, Psalm 118, later in the Psalms, uh, it says this, uh, verses six through seven. This is a great scripture to memorize. Why we can fear him says this, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So if you have the fear of the unknown, of people's impact on your life, of our culture, of our world, what can man do to me? That's a good scripture to think through. Verse seven, the Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. So I've been thinking about just this counterintuitive intuitive, like thought of these two scriptures. The first is we are to fear God. And then in, in that Psalm, you see that his anger is, has roused. And you get this like, wow, that is kind of fearful. Like God's this powerful God. He's this almighty God. His judgments, no one can thwart. Like he, he says what he says and he does what he does. So he has this power and this authority that no one has. But then you counter that, this, this big almighty God, but also with this verses six through seven. This nearness, he's on my side. What can man do? He's my helper. I shall look in triumph. So no matter what happens and what comes against me, the almighty God, who is the most powerful, the unsettled one, will help me. There's nothing that can help your fear more than that understanding. The God of the universe is on your side. He's your helper. He hears you. He sees you. So I, I want to encourage you, if you struggle with fear, you might want to just start with Psalm 119, or Psalm 118, sorry, verse six. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what command do to me. And when those fears well up and you begin to get anxious, you quote that scripture and you think about that scripture and you hold it dear. There's another scripture that's been really helpful for me over the years, Isaiah uh, 26, verse three. All these in the Old Testament, and then I'll spend some time in the New Testament as well. Uh, This passage, uh, great verse. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I memorized this verse in 2015 after I experienced some really tough health problems. And I was very unsettled in my own life. I was really struggling. I was battling discouragement. I was battling just fear of just the unknown, like I've shared. And I came across this verse and just God spoke to me. And he's like, you need to remember this, that I will keep you in peace as your mind is stayed. And uh, this past week on Monday, I went to a funeral of a friend of mine who died unexpectedly uh, last week, 61 years old. I died of a heart attack without really any 
prior problems. Um, I serve on a board with him of a church that both on the board with and three weeks ago, I was sitting right next to him in this board meeting. And now he's with Jesus in heaven. Never saw that coming. And uh, he leaves four kids, 10 grandkids. Uh, His four kids are, by the grace of God, they walk with God. They, two of them in ministry, two of them are in the, the workforce. And his four kids shared at the funeral. And it was just like this beautiful picture of a man who really, in his 61 years, which is young, he, he left it all out there for God. He lived for him, for his purposes. The reason I bring this up is his daughter stood before all of us and shared the deep peace that she felt. And all of his kids, they kept saying this, this word, like, I'm, I'm at peace. Like, we're at peace. We experience peace. And it was this beautiful picture of, like, talk about the moment of fear that could overwhelm you when your dad, your, your husband, is gone. And here, they had clung to this truth in Isaiah 26. Their mind was stayed on him. They knew, one, that even the fear of death can't be overcome by the promise of eternal life. They knew that their dad and Darla, that's his wife's, her husband, was now with Jesus forever. And so while he was gone early, and while that's this tragic loss, he's now in the presence of Jesus, worshiping him. And he's the most whole and the most alive he's ever been. That's how you counter fear. But also, that God is gonna use this in their life uh, for good. That's a promise, just like we sang this morning. And when you battle fear, it's, it's hard to think that. It's hard to think that in tragic circumstances and really hard things that how God could use it for good. But already to see like that family clinging together, seeing God help them, and them experiencing the peace was already a testament to the fact that God is their helper and he is by their side. And that was a great encouragement for me. And that's tied to the second point. That is faith in Jesus Christ is the key to deep peace in the middle of fearful times. Faith in Jesus Christ is the key to deep peace in the middle of fearful times. If you want to deal with fear, you have to decide to follow Jesus. Again, there's no way around it. The only way you can keep your mind on the things of God is to connect with him in a relationship. The only way you can have a relationship with God is through Jesus. In Christ, we find the forgiveness of our sins. In Christ, we, f- we, we find our, our true identity, that although we're a sinner, Christ died for us, and he loves us. And so when we talk in the Old Testament about how the Lord is on our side, we see the promise of the New Testament of Christ coming and actually being here with us in the flesh. That's why the promise and the fulfillment of Scripture is so important, because we see that he is our helper, and then we see that he actually sent the helper to come. And Christ came, and he did die for our sins So even the fear of our sin and the fear of death, uh, we can connect again to God through Christ. That's the promise that we have. And then as Christ ascended into heaven, we were given the helper of the Holy Spirit. And so you see that in all things, as we turn to God through the forgiveness that we have in Christ, our fears can, can be lifted in a way that our own effort can never do. Because when we're spiritually dead, we have no effort. Uh, We're dead. There's no maneuvering. There's, there's, no, there's no power, but the only power we have is Christ who died 
and was resurrected. And so over the years for me, I've just come to the place more and more. And if, if you've battled fears in your life, you realize this too, where you can try all sorts of things to help. But in the end, you just have to come to a place again and again when you keep turning to Jesus. And all of these things, and sometimes it's a battle where you take a thought and you're like, okay, God, I give you this thought and I'm fearful in this area, and you get the victory. And then five minutes later, there's another thought and you get into fear. And you have to, and it, sometimes it just can be this battle that wears you down. You experience that where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm good in this area, and then a new fear comes. Oh my goodness, I, I gotta, God, I need your help in this area, and then a new fear comes, and it just feels like you can just get worn out. But this is the, the, the picture of faith through Christ, through his forgiveness. If I surrender my life to him, as I do life his way, I now have a new confidence. It's not in my own efforts. It's not in what anyone else can tell me. It's in the help that he brings. And it says, my mind is stayed. Well, why would you stay on the promises of God in Isaiah 26? Because you trust him. You trust. And so if fear is, is a struggle for you, uh, it's not like you just turn to Jesus and it's like all of a sudden you don't have fear anymore. Uh, this is what faith is. It's this learning, this confidence and trust. So I, I was thinking about this in my own life as it related to my own kids try, trying to teach them to ride a bike. Anyone taught a kid how to ride a bike? You remember riding a bike when you were a kid? Uh, it used to start with training wheels, but now it kind of starts with this bike. This is a balanced bike. Our youngest had this. This wasn't around with our other two. But this is a bike without a pedal. You guys seen these? So this actually, it, they say, is like the best way to start kids because they begin to learn balance, but their feet can touch the bottom. And so that's often a picture of faith. Like we begin to trust God. We don't quite know how it looks, but small things, God comes through. And it's like, okay, we could put our feet down. Like God's there. I can put my confidence. He's that foundation my feet can touch. And then our faith grows and we begin to get into to training wheels, which I don't know, training wheels can be a little sketchy themselves. Why are they never balanced? It's like, oh, you know, but, but the training wheels, like if you go a little bit to the right, you go a little bit to the left, they, they kind of counter. And it's like, okay, I don't quite know my stability, but I, I've got these training wheels. And, and that's like God and his help. It's like, I'm, I'm right here. I'm your, I'm your helper. I'm by your side. And then it begins to turn to this where you have a parent that's holding on to that seat and you don't know who's more fearful. Like, okay, I'm just gonna hold the seat and it's wobbly and you're just kind of holding up like, wow, this, this is a little rough, but I'm right here. And the, the kid's like, I'm doing it. And you're like, sure, yeah. Let, you know, you're holding on, but they're getting a sense of their balance without the training wheels, without their feet touching the ground. And then you begin to this point, and this is like one of the greatest things as a parent, if you ever experienced this, where you let go and they're riding. And sometimes if you're a kid, you don't even know because you think your parent's still there. That's the best thing as a parent when your kid just thinks you're there and you're like, no, I let go. And you, you just did this on your own. So faith isn't this picture of, of like, okay, I, I'm with God and he's right there and then I don't need him anymore. It's actually this, this thing of like, I don't even have to think about it anymore. My confidence is in him. It's reflexive. And he gives us these small things of the balance bike to the training wheels, to, this, to, to where you see him come through in this little area. And then oftentimes you face harder things. And then he comes through and your faith grows. And this is the picture of faith. So when we're talking about faith, it's this trust over time where I keep leaning all of my fears. I keep taking all of my burdens and I lean them on him. And there's no burden too heavy for God. There's no fear that I face that he can't handle. And we have to remember that. It's through Christ, through what he's done that I can have fellowship with God. I can speak to him about my troubles, my worries, my fears, and he will listen. 
and he will help me. So that faith in Christ is so important. And then the third, this is where it gets a little more offensive. Uh, We should reject fear and dread through prayer and gratitude. You probably read this scripture before. This is in Philippians uh, 4, uh, 6 through 7. Uh, This is also a very helpful scripture. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So now we have, okay, once that anxiety, once that fear goes in, I can't just let it settle. And now we, we have to get this counterattack. Um, and so for me, this means I, I reject fear when it comes and I run to God. You have to reject fear and then you run to God. And this is something that happens again and again and again. So can you guys recognize when fear comes into your life? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't realize it. And so one of the prayers you want to say is, God, help me to even see when fear is creeping in. Because sometimes there's thoughts that we have that are fearful thoughts, but they become so normal like breathing, we don't even realize. And so you might just want to pray, God, help me to to see when fear is coming in or to to understand. You have to reject that. And so that's when it says, do not be anxious about anything. That's the rejection. This is an anxious thought. There's worry here. There's dread here. There's fear here. You have to reject those thoughts. The Christian life is not just allowing the things that you think to settle in your mind because you've had them. Not every thought and not every feeling is true or right. You have to learn to evaluate and to reject. And so for me, oftentimes, there's something I'm just a little concerned about. There's something a little unsettling. And I can begin to just mull a little bit on my own. I begin to think about, well, what's going to happen? But the scriptures are telling us, no, you, you reject that. And then you pray about that. You, you ask God for help. And so the, this picture, if you can go, you, you could see it with the Thanksgiving's highlighted there. But the prayer and supplication is like I'm praying to God. And then so the supplying is like the help. God, I need help with this fear that I'm facing. So you, you name it. The, the fear of, of the unknown. I, I'm fear of my health. I'm, I'm, I'm in fear of my kid's future. I'm in fear of... Um, my finances, I'm in fear of my future. I'm in fear, like you just, you name it. You talk to God, you name it, and you ask him for help. And then it says with Thanksgiving, and this Thanksgiving is, is back to the, the training wheel picture. It, it, it's like this illustration of God, I know that you will help me. Because when I was so fearful, in this instance, uh, you came through. And I've been fearful of, of my kids and their future, but every step of the way, you've helped and you've, you've given us what we need. And so Thanksgiving reminds you of the track record that God has always been by your side and he's always helped you. And then it also puts you into this right framework of like, I have this gratitude. Uh, I'm not demanding. I'm not getting in this place where I'm desperate to the point where I'm uh, irrational. It's, it's this like, peace again. My, my mind is stayed on you. I have peace because I trust you. You're going to help me. I'm not going to get into panic. Thanksgiving actually helps you alleviate panic in your life. You ever realize that? Most of the time when you're in panic, you're not thinking what you're thankful of, right? No, you're panicked. But gratitude is a way of slowing the panic down. That's why that's important. Anxiety comes, you pray, God, I need your help. Specifically, that's the supplication with this fear that I'm facing. But God, I know that you're going to come through because you always have. God, thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for being strong. Thank you for being by my side. 
Will you help me with this? And finally, like we've done each week, this leads into the hey, say, pray, and obey. So this is just an example uh, when you face fear. Hey, I'm feeling fear. It's funny, hey, I'm feeling fear. Most of the time, uh, it's a little bit more intense than that. Hey, I'm feeling fear. It's like, I'm fearful, I'm anxious, I'm dread, you know, whatever. It's fear again, it's, it ramps up very quickly. But you need to stop like, hey, well, this is going on. I'm, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm concerned. And then you need to say a scripture. This is a new one, Psalm 55, five. Fear and trembling overwhelm me and I can't stop shaking. You ever been there? But I will call on God and the Lord will what? He will rescue me. That's the promise of scripture, Psalm 55, verse five and 16. And then you, you pray, Father, please help me to do what, to do right here, to change my, my fear to, to faith. Will you help me right now? And then the obey is, I ref, refuse to worry or dread. Here are my concerns. This is the Philippians 4. Here's what I'm facing. Here's what I'm dealing with. I thank you, and I ask for your help and protection. Hey, say, pray, and obey. So you got to identify uh, the, the scripture early, but you don't just want to I think the world actually emphasizes emotions a lot. Feelings are are very important uh, in our world, in our culture. Um, But the world just tends for us to just stay in what we feel. And most of the time, it's like, go with what you feel. Embrace what you feel. Get in touch with what you feel. Follow your heart. Try to understand it. But you actually can't get your bearings with fear based on the feelings of fear. You're going to go nuts. Because, again... You're evading, and if you're evading, you're not making good decisions. And if you're in dread, you're not making good decisions and all the things that fear causes. So you have to take those feelings and take those fears, and then you direct them with the truth. That's the Christian life. I direct them with the truth, and I'm gonna do what's right. I'm not gonna panic. I'm not gonna run. I'm not gonna fight. I'm gonna trust God. So here's some next steps. I wanna invite Joel back up and the band as we close out, but here's some next steps you can take. Uh, first is just take a, a fear inventory this week. This isn't to magnify the fear, but here's some questions you could ask. Um, what am I stewing on and worrying about? Sometimes you just may feel very unsettled in your life right now. You may feel overwhelmed, burdened. You just, you just feel down. You, you got dread. Some of the time you just have to understand where that's coming from. And so sometimes the inventory helps you to pinpoint wow, I'm really going sideways in this area and I don't even know why. Or I know why, but that's the area that I'm not really handed over to God. So that inventory helps. Are there areas in my life that I've not invited God into? This right here is very important. There's things that we sometimes face that we've not yet handed to God. We're still trying to figure it out ourselves. We're still trying to solve it. We're trying to deal with it. We may even be trying to hide it. But that second point is like, you have to hand, if you, if you want God to help you, you have to hand that over. That's the trust. It's like, I, he can help me. I'm not gonna hold this myself. And then are there any worries which connect to wrong goals? Are you worried about things? And if you were to be honest with yourself and ask God for help, are there things that you're fearful of that are actually connected to the wrong kind of goals? For instance, if you're a parent and you're fearful that your kids are gonna experience pain, there might be a goal of maybe they will experience pain. So maybe you should shift from like, they're not gonna experience pain to God, will you use this pain to help them? That's a different way to combat fear. God, will you help them and what the hard things to to train them to trust you more? 
Oftentimes, we want the ease life because it feels better, but there's just things in life that aren't easy. And then the second next step is confess fears to God. I say confess because if the scriptures say do not be anxious, when you get into anxiety and dread and fear, it's, it's a sin. You need to confess it. God, I did it again. I, I, I got into this and I began to ransom her as will you forgive me for that? I trust in you. You're my helper. You will rescue me. And uh, I've given you an extra handout in the program. If, why don't you open up the, the, the program right now real quick? You'll see an extra handout that has a list of areas to be uh, fearful of, <laughs> which isn't the greatest. Um, but I've done that so you can actually see the scriptures are very specific. Again, it's beyond just embracing your fears. You need to then take the scriptures and apply what that says. How do you counter that fear? So if you're fearful about any situation, I love that category, any situation, <laughs> the Bible speaks to that. Uh, sickness, growing old, death, fear sometimes, bad news, evil. Um, and then you can take some notes, like what's, what's the opposite? Giving into this fear, but then what's the opposite? What, what's God telling me? So use this handout. Spend some time this week. Like, spend some time with the Lord every day. And you could go through and start with maybe the thing that you're fearful of the most. Get into God's word yourself. If you need a Bible, we have some on the back table. But get into God's word for yourself. That's the only way you can say the truth. And so take some time this week uh, in confession and in help. And then the third next step is ask someone to pray for fear that you're facing. Again, maybe in that last three, like you're, you're kind of experiencing that dread and that terror. Um, bring some people in that could pray for you. And then finally, uh, come back next week. Next week, uh, we're gonna cover the emotion. I think there's a slide of, of sadness. And that is what do we do with discouragement, of sorrow, of just these feelings of just, it's hard to keep moving forward in life. And so I hope you'll join us next week. Let's pray. God, thank you for just the promise of your word and in my own life, God, I can recount all the, the times where I was in fear and all the times that you helped. And I know that there's many stories in this room. And despite those stories, we, we still are just so accustomed to being fearful. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you'll really help us to continue to choose faith, to grow our confidence in you. Lord, I, I just pray against fear in the name of Jesus. I pray against the spirit of fear that causes havoc in marriages, in family life, in church life, in our community, in our society. And God, I pray if there's anyone here that is just feeling overwhelmed with fear, that they'll turn to you, that they'll put their trust in you. I just pray against dread and that feeling like we're stuck and we can't move forward. By your strength and by what Christ has done on our behalf, we are saved from those fears. And so we proclaim that. We thank you that our confidence is not in ourselves, but in you. We raised Jesus from the dead. And so, Lord, we, we ask that you'll help us to identify the fears that we're stewing or mulling on and that we'll confess it and bring it out into the open and that we'll begin to just see victory in that area. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.